At Gospel Community Church, our mission is to know the Bible, share life with others, and bring hope to our city and the world. You're listening to the Gospel Community Church Sermons Podcast, where we go through books of the Bible, verse by verse and line by line, to hear the truth that God's Word has to encourage, discipline, and bless us in our daily lives. Um, as a matter of introduction, my name is uh, Preston Rish. I'm from down in Albany, Georgia, at one of our one of your sister churches, uh, Greenbrier Church. We were part of the Acts 29 uh, network, and and there, uh, my wife and I serve uh, as leaders of a of a missional community, uh, a community group, uh, and I'm also in the process of uh, elder assessment there. Uh, and when my lead pastor Tim Bice asked me uh, if I could come and speak, and he said, "There's a we have a sister church uh, in Fayetteville, and I, and I, of course, looked it up at Google, and I saw the name of it was Gospel Community. I just really got excited because one of my roles at my church is um, helping launch and train and teach and, and, and multiply missional communities and community groups, and I'm just, I, I just love working with community groups, and so glad to see that you guys um, have thriving groups here as, as well. Um, our text from today, as you know, is from John 9. Uh, it's a story that we've, we've heard for years. Uh, our, our kids have probably heard this before. Uh, there's, a, there's a verse in there that uh, those of us who are not even Christians uh, that, that we work with uh, who will say, I'm blind, but now I can see, right? Um, but we're going we're gonna to dig a little deeper in, into that today and maybe look at it from some angles that hopefully we haven't, haven't looked at it before. Um, as a uh, as a matter of 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 context, uh, before we jump into this, let's just kind of get the picture of what's going on in Jesus's walk right now. If you go back to chapter eight, chapter eight ends with another famous story. Jesus had been in the temple, and he had walked up upon the religious leaders confronting an adulterous woman. And they were determining how to stone, stone her. And remember what he said. To let he who is without sin cast the first stone. That's in John 8, 59. And of course, the, the chapter 8 ends with Jesus almost going into hiding. In hiding. And then he reappears uh, here in chapter 9 um, in the Jerusalem area. And he's walking with his disciples. So what, we, what we're going to study today, he's in community, he's on mission, he's got his disciples with him, and then he encounters uh, this blind man. If you're taking notes, either here or at home, um, we're going to go through five um, movements, I call them, maybe observations, and then there's going to be three applications. And we'll make it short and sweet, because I know we're limited on time, um, and hopefully, hopefully um, you'll have room in your journal to... To, to get all these down. If you'll, if you'll join with me in the Word, um, let's look on our first movement here. Uh, in, um, we're going to start in verse 3. So we see Jesus come upon this blind man, uh, and immediately a, a conversation starts about, did he sin? Did some form of sin cause his blindness? And the first thing I'll point out to you today uh, is... We are born into blindness. We're born into blindness. Now here, obviously, we're, he was talking about 
physical blindness, but right now I'm speaking to you about spiritual blindness. We're born into blindness. Um, we often, I often refer to my story, which I'll share a little bit about with you um, later, um, but your story, the story of the Bible, we often uh, in our church refer to what we call the redemptive narrative, which is the story of God. Some of you may have heard it. It starts with the creation when all was perfect, and then we see in Genesis 3 where the fall happened, uh, and, and man was laden with sin, uh, and all the Old Testament points towards uh, a Redeemer coming, and then Jesus, the Messiah, shows Himself and redeems mankind. We call that the redemption. And then now He is restoring things in us daily and then cosmically until there's a new heaven and a new earth. And so we're born into this fallen world uh, and we're born into blindness. However, look what Jesus says about this man's, man's blindness. Look at the why. What does he say? That the works of God might be displayed in him. That the works of God might be displayed in him. So my point to you, and I speak with a touch of authority here because I've been through it myself, is whatever blindness you've experienced, if you're having trouble seeing right now, I promise you God can use it for his glory. I promise you he can. I promise you. In fact, he will. He will. And we'll get to we'll dig a little deeper into that in a minute. Hebrews 5:9 reminds us, and being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Whatever imperfections we're carrying right now will be made perfect through Christ. If you don't remember anything else, remember that for us. Let's go to the second movement. Jesus can use mud, y'all, to do some great things. Right? right. Yeah, you know, when I, was, when I was getting these notes together, um, I was thinking how we're living now in a, I don't know if we're in a post-coronavirus world yet, but we're in a world of sterility right now. We, everything needs to be sterile. And I'm just sitting there thinking, could you imagine a healer right now spitting on the ground, mixing mud, putting it on someone, you know, just it doesn't make sense where, where we are right now, uh, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, where we're so on guard. But our Lord, our Savior, our King, takes the least likely of things, human spit and mud, to work a miracle. To work a miracle. Look at what it says. Um, verse 6. Having said these things, he spit on the ground and made mud with saliva. I, I think of this mud sometimes as, as um, as a growing pain, maybe. If we're coming out of blindness. Maybe you've been blind, you've met the Savior. You have to deal with some mud on your eyes. And he's going to tell you in a minute how to get the vision. But just know this, 
that if you're if 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 there's blindness, if there's imperfection, if you're experiencing mud, remember what Paul says in Romans 8, 28. You, are, you know this verse. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together. For those who are what? Called according to his purpose. Third movement. We see that we're born blind. He, ta- he makes mud from saliva. This is good. Verse 7. What does he do? Note that the mud itself is not the end result. He gives a command. And what does he tell him to do? Look at verse 7. Then he anointed the man's eyes and he said, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which what? Which means sent. Sent. So he went and he washed and he came back seeing. Sent. Do you think that there might have been some significance in that? Here's what you do. I'm going to give you sight. I'm going to give you vision. But before you can see, I need you to obey me. And I'm not just going to ask you to obey me. I'm going to ask you, in this obedience, to go to a place called sin. What we know is that First of all, Jesus was on mission. He was sent. He tells us over and over in His Word that He was sent from His Father. But it didn't stop there. He's saying, I'm sending you. He sent this man. He sent him. My reminder to us, to you, to me, is that we are sent. We're missionaries. We have a, we have a, uh, we have a saying... In our congregation, my good friend Brandon, when he dismisses us, he'll make everyone stand and he'll, we all say together we're missionaries. Because we forget that. We forget what we are sent to in our workplaces, in our homes, with our families, husbands with your wives and your families, and, and, and in, a, in, our, in our communities. We lose sight sometimes that we can be missionaries and be sent right here in our community. Our fourth movement. There will be doubters. There will be doubters. And we don't want to focus on the doubt because the negativity is everywhere today. More than ever. Get on Facebook. Get on the internet. and It'll bring you down quicker than ever. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time diagnosing the doubt in their reading today, what I want to do is remind myself and us collectively for us not to be the doubter. Let us not be the doubter. What causes us to doubt? Is it a lack of faith? Do we exchange our faith for doubt? Does our pride get in the way? These people have seen and proven 
that a man was blind and now he can see. And they still didn't want to, still didn't want to believe it. I want to leave you with the thought that our faith would lead us to obedience and our obedience would lead us to a mission. And ultimately our mission, being sent, avoiding the doubt, will lead to discipleship, which is what we want. To make disciples who make disciples, who make more disciples. Look at our fifth movement. Vision is restored and made whole. It's made whole. Jesus restores things, y'all. He restores marriages. He restores health. He's in the business of restoration. Um, Revelations Revelation 25, 21-5. He's making all things new right now. Read with me verse 25 of, uh, of our chapter here. Whether he is a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, what does it say? Now I see. Now I see. Let me ask you this. What does seeing mean to you? What does it mean? Because in the South, even, even in our cities, even in our, in our urban areas, I, I dare say most of us in the building, a lot of us watching from home, have a relationship with Jesus. We've seen him. We have vision. So what, is, what do we do with it? What does it mean to see? Is it just a box that I've checked off? I'm good now? I'm okay. Or is he calling me to do something with this vision? Is he calling me to step into a role of leadership? Is he calling me to lead a community group? Is he calling me to serve somewhere? That's food for thought. I'm going to leave you with three applications today. And really in these applications are, are, are three areas really where we're going to find ourselves. Somebody today, I, I guarantee you, I promise you with 100% certainty that everyone watching at home, everyone watching online, everyone in this building will find themselves one of the, of the next three things. One, you may be blind. Somebody watching, somebody in here today may be blind. They just do not have a relationship with Jesus. <clears throat> A doubter like the Pharisee, questioning the works that we see before our eyes. Enslaved to some sort of sin, some sort of uh, addiction. 
I, I know, I understand, I've been there. What we do know is that Paul reminds us in, in Romans that we've all sinned, we've all fallen short. So if you're here, we've all been there. And I've got some more good news for you. Jesus Himself tells us uh, in Matthew 11 that if we'll come to Him, all who are weary and burdened, that He can help you with whatever that enslavement is. He'll give you rest. He'll give you rest. Maybe you're in this category here. Maybe you have mud in your eyes. You say, Preston, what are you talking about? Maybe you've had an encounter with the Savior. Maybe you've experienced Him. Maybe you've heard His voice. But you haven't taken that step of obedience to go wash in the pool called Scent. You've, you've heard Him. He was there. You felt Him. felt His hands on you but you still can't see clearly. And you're frustrated. You're wondering, what's, what's going on here? When we have an encounter with Jesus, He wants us to obey Him. Whatever that looks like. Might be that we're living in some form of rebellion. Some form of idolatry. The list goes on and on. What we know is this, though. In John 14, 15, he says, If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. This convicted me. I don't know if it convicts y'all. It convicted me. We fight idolatry. So much here, it competes for it, it, in America now. It competes for all of our love, all of our affection, and we know uh, that we shall have no other gods before our, our one and only God. So, I would encourage you if you're struggling for for clarity. You said, "Person, I have met the Savior. I believe in the gospel." I'm just not seeing clearly. And listen to what he's telling you. He's sending you somewhere. And the clarity comes from spending time with him, abiding with him, spending time in your community group. How do we hear from God? We, we spend time with others. But you're Christians. We read his word, prayer, meditation, journaling. Get the mud out of our eyes. Get the direction. Finally, you got new vision. You're seeing clear. What do we do with that? We've heard his voice. We've met him. He touched us. We've surrendered to him. We have obeyed his commands. Now what? 
Ask yourself, what's he calling me to do? What's he calling me to do? I can tell you from my own personal experience and, and personal and experience uh, of other leaders that I, that I know, a lot of times we fight stepping into a, a position, like maybe leading a group. It feels overwhelming. Serving the church, I don't have time. So I ask you, if you've got the clarity, what is he calling you to do? Don't keep it inside. Talk to somebody about it. Talk to your community group. He might be telling you to join a group. Because I, I can tell you that we have an enemy who loves to see us not in our groups. I promise you. I promise you. He hunts. He likes to cut us away from the group and isolate us. And, and when that happens, bad things come, come with it. I promise you. We close on verse 27. A great question. Do you want to become one of his disciples? I'm assuming we're all in different stages of discipleship here. Some of you are probably discipling other people. Some of you are probably being discipled. Some of you are probably intimidated by the concept of, of what a disciple is. It starts with a want. It starts with the want. So I ask you, do you want to become a disciple? Do you want to disciple others? I'm reminded of, of one of our greatest commands, one of our greatest marching orders. It's in Matthew 28. What does he tell us to do? Go therefore and do what? Make what? Disciples of all nations. And do what? Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. I want to share a little bit with you because I've, I've, everywhere I've ever spoken, uh, inevitably, someone is, is, is battling this, but... For two-thirds of my life, really, starting at a very, very young age, I was, I was a blind man. At age 15, I took my first drink of alcohol. By the time I was 18, I was an alcoholic. By the time I was in about 20 years old, I was an alcoholic and a drug addict. And all of the, the, uh, the problems and the sorrows, the broken relationships, the legal problems, the financial problems that come with that type of life. Some of you right now have experienced it. Some of you have people in your family who are going through it. Uh, the stress of it, the, the fear, the constant fear of it. You understand what I'm talking about. Um, and... Throughout that, all those years, I basically was being my own God, which I was horrible at, <clears throat> horrific at. We don't make good gods, y'all. We don't. 
It sounds good on paper, but in in reality, there's only one God, and and until we submit and surrender to Jesus, things don't click like we think we can make them click. And I lived like that a double life for many years until all of that began to be exposed. Until finally, I ran out of options. And after four times in treatment, and I don't know how many broken relationships, I found myself on a cold floor in a treatment center saying, Jesus, you know, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'm tired of fighting it. I'll just do whatever you want me to do. Little did I know that he was going to call me into ministering to people, call me into leading other groups and helping other leaders lead their groups because at that phase of my life, I just wanted to be alone. I didn't want to be around people. I don't have perfect vision by any chance, but if you would have known the guy, this guy, 20 years ago, he would have looked a whole lot different. You wouldn't want your kids around him. Some of you can understand what I'm talking about. And if he can help clean up that mess and is cleaning that mess up, it's not clean yet, then he can do the same for you. He will. He wants to. He is a good, good eye doctor, y'all. It's a good eye doctor. Thank you for letting me come share. I'm going to pray for us. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you are good, Lord Jesus. I pray today that these words resonated with someone. I pray for our community groups here. I pray for our leaders. I pray for our our members of them, Lord, that they would you'd show them favor as they seek to make disciples, that make disciples. And Father, if there's anyone here today or anyone watching at home, Lord, who is struggling just to see you, I pray, Lord, that you open their eyes somehow, that you just provide a way through the power of the Holy Spirit right now. Um, give them strength to reach out, to ask questions, um, so that ultimately we can do your work and build your kingdom. Uh, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share the contents of this podcast, but please do not alter it in any way without permission. Please like, follow, and subscribe to us on Facebook or iTunes. Visit gospelcc.com for more content like this. At Gospel Community Church, our mission is to know the Bible, share life with others, and bring hope to our city and the world. Thanks again and have a blessed day.